Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion. Unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. <laughs> <laughs> Today's episode of The Other Stories is Warm Inside, written by Daisy Live and narrated by James Barnett, a.k.a. Jimmy Horrors. Jez pulled up to the studio and let the car idle while Claire gathered up her mat and bag. What did you say this was called? Claire grinned. For the last time... It's an astral projection workshop. Right. He tapped the steering wheel. Where you learn to activate your astral body and raise my vibrational frequency, she cut in. Are you sure you don't want to come with? Absolutely not. Someone has to think about making dinner on this earthly plane. She leaned over, putting her hand on the back of his neck and kissing him slowly. Her hair brushed the sides of his face, tickling him. He smiled under the kiss and breathed in the scent of her apple shampoo. She broke away, attempting to pat down the flyaway frizz of her hair. I'll be about an hour, she said, opening the door and stepping out. What are you fancy eating afterwards? Chef's choice, she said, winking an icy blue eye. I love you. I love you. He waited, watching her run towards the doors of the studio, almost dropping her mat as she turned around to wave at him. He chuckled, waving back. She disappeared inside and he took the handbrake off, heading for the nearest shopping centre. He was thinking something simple for dinner, deciding on a creamy mushroom risotto with lemon asparagus. 
He took his time rolling the trolley up the aisles and picking the freshest ingredients. Organic arboreo rice, chestnut mushrooms, vermin brown, tender sticks of asparagus, a fat shiny lemon, aromatic basil for the garnish. As Jez headed for the checkout, he stopped in front of the flower stall in the store's corner. The last arrangement of orange dahlias gazed up at him, Claire's favourite flowers. Smiling, he picked up the bunch and added it to the trolley. A bottle of Sauvignon Blanc rounded everything off. The evening was sorted. When Jez pulled back up to the studio, he saw Claire standing outside. He parked in the usual spot and waited for her to run back to him, her brown hair wild in the wind. She didn't see him at first, and he watched her move her head slowly around. Their eyes met, and he lifted a hand in a wave. She began walking towards him. He frowned. Her gait was lilting and slow. He leaned over to open the door for her, and she slowly slid into the seat. Did you hurt yourself, babe? Claire shut the door. She sat awkwardly in the seat, but didn't offer him a response. She looked at him through her lashes, her mouth offering a slight smile. Need a little quiet time after a heavy session. I get it. Claire often needed an hour or two to decompress after a meditation. He put the car into drive and headed home. Jez unloaded the groceries while Claire headed inside. He watched her trudge slowly up the driveway, one leg lagging slightly behind her. That looks pretty sore, sweetheart. Why don't you go rest? Put your leg up and I'll start dinner. Claire let herself in through the front door, heading straight for the bedroom. Jez set the groceries down on the kitchen counter. He pulled out the flowers and filled a vase with water, setting the stems inside and pulling the bunch slightly apart. Can I get you a drink? He listened for Claire's response, but received nothing. Flicking on the kettle to make her a hot tea, he began unpacking the ingredients for the risotto. Alexa, play Feel Good Friday. The AI paused for a second before responding. Playing Feel Good Friday on Spotify. Music sprang from the speakers, a jaunty tune Jez knew but couldn't name. He clapped his hands and did a grapevine across to the rack on the counter, selecting Claire's favourite mug, the one with the close-up face of an orange cat wrapped around it. Jez hummed awkwardly, pouring hot water over the tea bag. Steam rose and he wrinkled his nostrils at the smell of the herbal tea. Clicking his fingers, he shimmied down the corridor to the bedroom, the mug in his other hand. Here's your tea, Jez said as he entered the room. He stopped short. Steam curled upwards, its slinky hands reaching for him. Claire wasn't there. He stood in the centre of the room, unsure what to do. He set the mug down on the bedside table. Alexa, stop. Tom Jones was cut off mid-wall. Claire. A small creak made his head snap to the left. The door to the wardrobe in the room's corner stood slightly ajar. Slowly, he stepped toward it. He heard the faint sound of breathing before he saw her. Claire stood in the dark, eyes blank and head bent at an awkward angle. Her mouth twitched up in a humorless smile. Jez raised his hands in placation, as if faced with a wounded, scared animal. What are you doing in here? Claire didn't respond only lifted her left shoulder in a weak shrug. Jez laid a hand on each of her biceps. She was cold, as if she was standing in a refrigerator rather than a cupboard. He guided her out. She swayed slightly, her eyes focused on his mouth, 
Are you cold? She nodded once. Twice. It wasn't fluid. It was as if she was relearning the movement. Get into bed and warm up, he instructed. Pulling the duvet back, she sat on the edge of the bed while he undid her shoes, pulling them off and throwing them to the side. He scooped up her legs and laid her down, pulling the duvet up around her neck. She looked at him, that smile still lopsided on her mouth. He took his phone from his pocket and walked out of the room. Flicking through his contacts, he pressed on the name Rob. Evening, Squire. Rob's voice was warm and jovial. Mate, sorry for the lack of pleasantries, but I need your nursing expertise. Rob's tone changed. What's wrong? I just picked Claire up from the astral projection workshop. What? Rob interrupted, a note of humour playing around the question. Frustration permeated Jez's sigh. (sighs) That's not the point, Rob. Jez explained Claire's demeanour, and Rob's tone regained seriousness. I'll come and have a look at her, but if anything changes for the worse, go to the hospital. I'll be a half hour. Jez thanked his friend and hung up. A noise caught his attention. He cocked his head, listening. It came again, a scuffling from the cupboards above the bedroom wardrobe. He stepped back into the bedroom, glancing at Claire, expecting to see her form in the bed. All he saw were the covers strewn to the side and the place where she should have been. His eyes trailed from the bed up to the cupboards. He grabbed the stool from the dressing table and placed it up against the wardrobe. It let out a small creak as he put his weight on it, and the scuffling paused. He inhaled as he came face to face with the cupboard door. Slowly, he opened it. Breath caught in his throat as his brain tried to process what he was looking at. Claire's face was level with his, but the rest of her body was folded into the space in a way that he could not quite work out. Her arm went across the back of her neck at an angle that made little sense, no matter how much he blinked. Her legs were tucked under her. One foot remained visible, poking out from under her chin. His stomach turned, hot and acidic. Claire, he whispered, his voice hoarse. Her mouth twitched, lips forming words he still could not hear. Jez fought back the bile climbing up his throat. He swallowed audibly and reached for her. Putting his hands inside the cupboard, attempting to bring her down, he tried to pull and scoop her out of the space. Claire unfurled down the length of his body and for a minute they both hung on to each other, balancing on the stool. Her lips were millimetres from his ear, and he felt her breath catching as she took shallow gulps into her lungs. Her mouth moved closer, a frizzy hair tickling his ear as her hot breath sighed into his neck. The voice, when it came, was not hers. Deep to start, then rising in octaves, as though she had never used her vocal cords before this day. I'm Fear, cold and sharp, began low in his spine, creeping up to the back of his lungs and filling them with prickly, dense air. Jez stepped off the chair and threw Claire down on the bed. Guilt immediately clashed against the terror roiling through him. I'm sorry, he said, kneeling in front of her. Claire's eyes rested on him briefly and then slid slowly in opposite directions, rolling so far to the sides 
that he could only see the whites. Okay, he said, standing. He took a step back. Okay, I'm going to pack a few things and we'll go to the hospital. His voice was high-pitched and squeaky, foreign to his own ears. He checked her over, astonished that nothing had dislocated or broken from getting into the cupboard or being removed from it. Claire stared at him the entire time, her fingers reaching toward him. Icy little probes attempted to enter his mouth. Gripping her wrist gently, he set her hands firmly down on the bed. He grabbed a bag from the wardrobe and threw in a change of clothes for Claire and himself, not knowing how long they might be waiting. He made a mental note to call Rob from the car. A low humming sound permeated Jez's thoughts, and he frowned, turning back to check on Claire. She was gone again. Panic ripped through him. Claire! Frantically, he checked under the bed, behind the curtains, in the office, in the spare room. All the while, the humming noise grew louder as he moved toward the kitchen. He stood in the hallway, listening. Breath held intently, until... Jez felt the blood drain from his face as he realised what he was hearing struggling to put one foot in front of the other. He moved into the kitchen. The microwave stood on the counter, flashing that whatever inside was ready. He visibly shook as he stopped in front of it, finger to the button. The side of Claire's head greeted him, contorted and impossible, crushed underneath the weight of her leg inside the cramped space. Three toes wiggled at him in unison, The smell of burnt hair raced through Jez's nostrils. Through his tunnelling vision, he saw Claire's head begin to twitch around to face him. The back of his head cracked loudly as it hit the floor. Forty-five minutes later... Rob stood peering in through the windows at the front of Jez and Claire's house. Troubled, he dialed 999 and relayed his concerns. Within 10 minutes, he entered the house behind two police officers. In the kitchen, groceries sat untouched on the counter. Rob took in the bright faces of the Dahlias. So at odds with the rest of the scene, he moved his eyes to the middle of the floor. Jez was obviously dead. His skin had taken on a waxiness and his head was bent sharply to the right. A pool of blood crowning like a crimson halo. Pale, glassy eyes stared upwards at nothing. His jaw hung at an unnatural angle, frozen wide. Too wide, Rob thought as they approached. Jez's abdomen looked distended, as though something had crawled inside him. Something large. It reminded Rob of a video he had seen of a boa constrictor eating a crocodile. One animal ready to burst from another. The first cop checked pointlessly for a pulse, while the second called for an ambulance. What is that? Rob asked, pointing at his friend's mouth. The cop taking the pulse frowned and leant over Jez, squinting. It, it looks like hair. Rob crouched down next to him staring blankly at a string of frizzy brown hair protruding from his friend's mouth. What the f- Something moved next to it. The flip of an eyelid as an eye opened behind Jez's gaping maw. Ice blue. Rob went closer, 
sure that he was hallucinating. Just a trick of the light. A long wheeze of air came from Jez's windpipe, deep and slow and tinged with something akin to happiness. Warm inside. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Other Stories. Warm Inside was written by Daisy Live, narrated and edited by James Barnett, a.k.a. Jimmy Horace, with music by Velaitai and Daniel Birch and Tom Robson, and sound effects provided by freesound.org and sounds-mp3.com. The episode illustration was provided by Luke Spooner of Carry On House. With quick thanks to our community managers Joshua Boucher and Jasmine Arch, and to Carolyn O'Brien for helping with our submission reading, and of course to Ben Errington for graffitiing up the streets in the name of social media. Fight the power, Ben. Fight the power. Daisy Live is an avid horror watcher, reader, and writer. You can find her on Instagram at, at crowsandprose. James Barnett is a producer of the Night's End podcast, a short story fiction podcast with tales of horror and the paranormal. Search for it wherever you get your podcasts. You can catch other works of his at jamesbarnettcreative.com. The Other Stories is a production of the Story Studio Hawk and Cleaver and is brought to you with a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. That means don't change it, don't sell it, but by all means share the hell out of it. So, until next time. <laughs>